Welcome to the Carrots and Cake Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Hopper, an FDN practitioner, author, mom, and IBD advocate. Tune in each week for real-life advice and strategies for becoming your happiest and healthiest self, all while thriving in the gray area. Trust me when I say, you can have your carrots and cake too. Welcome to the next episode of the Carrots and Cake podcast. Today, I have a returning guest. I have Ashley Fillmore. She was on an earlier episode of the Carrots and Cake podcast. So if you enjoy this episode, definitely check out the previous episode to get to know her a little bit better. But Ashley is a weight loss coach. She is the founder and president of The Metabolic Fix. And the two of us have a lot in common as far as how we work with women, how we coach women, very, very similar mindsets on all of this health and healthy living and everything. So very excited to have Ashley here today and welcome, Ashley. Hi, thanks so much for having me on again, Tina. It is so exciting to be here, chat with you and your community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited for this. So I figured we'd just jump right into this. Do you want to just give us a little background, who you are, what you do, who you work with, um, some of those getting to know you things? Yeah, I would love to. So hello, guys. I'm so excited to be here. So my company, Metabolic Fix, really focuses in on helping women heal their metabolism before they go into a sustainable fat loss, weight loss phase. And so a lot of the women that I help have tried all the diets, years of crash dieting, lost and gained the same 10, 20 plus pounds, and they're just ready for sustainable results. To get sustainable results at times, especially if you have been a crash dieter or yo-yo dieter for many years, you really have to spend some time doing some work to prepare your body for a sustainable and healthy fat loss phase. So we really focus in on repairing their metabolism, helping them, you know, optimize hormone function, helping just educate women on, you know, how to eat for their goals. What is your metabolism? What does that even mean to you? What hormones really matter the most when it comes to your energy, your fat loss, your ability to build muscle mass. And then we build up custom customized plans that really help them just eat the way that they need to train the way that they need to, but also implement healthy lifestyle habits that's going to support their goals. So we talk about lifestyle and mindset. So it's a lot of fun. I've been doing this now for over 17 years. Um, this has been my only career right out of college. I jumped into an internship, started working full time and then loved it, learned a lot, but decided to branch out on my own in 2015 and then move my company online in 2019. And here we are today, four and a half years later. And so now my company is online all the way. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. Ashley and I met in a mastermind. So we have a lot in common as far as yes. working with women, health, nutrition, business, all of those good things. But we were talking just a little bit before we started recording and I hit record <laughs> on this episode, <laughs> told Ashley this like horror story, at least from the podcasting standpoint, where I tried to record an episode yesterday, didn't hit record on it. And that episode does not exist. So that was oh, no. frustrating. But anyways, sorry, a little side story, but we were talking about the idea of diet breaks. And I feel like this is an idea that might be new to some women out there. I mean, this is something that we do with some of our clients, but I feel like there's a lot of misinformation around diet breaks. So do you want to just 
tell listeners, you know, what the heck is a diet break, like why you would use it. And then maybe talk about some of the mistakes that you see with it, or maybe the things that women don't do quite right with it. And what might happen if you don't use a diet break the right way. Yeah, no, I think this is such a great topic. And, you know, even though I have the education and training under my belt, when I first started my career in my 20s, just like a lot of women, I got caught up in the dieting trap. And, you know, I was doing every diet, I did paleo. And although I love a lot of things about paleo, I did paleo all wrong, where I literally cut out all my carbs, starved my body, never, you know, just pretty much lived off of meat and vegetables. So it very much so became keto for me and not so much just paleo. It was like a keto keto diet. It's working out multiple times a day, just pushing my body to the max. So if you could imagine, you know, that was a formula for disaster and my body definitely crashed and burned. But instead of thinking, oh, I need to rest. I need to give my metabolism a break. I need to, you know, pull back a little bit so I can spring forward when I would experience those plateaus, I would push harder. And so I like to implement diet breaks for many reasons. One, a diet break is wonderful when you are going through a plateau that you just can't seem to break through. And maybe you're doing everything right. A diet break is lovely if you have been in a fat loss phase for a while, Some clients like to approach fat loss with the long game in mind, meaning they don't want to just push hard for eight weeks or 12 weeks. They're just like, you know what? I am here for it. I want to do this slow and sustainably. But if you are doing it slow and sustainably, that could look like, you know, you're in a deficit for several months. And so implementing diet breaks can really help. But if you're not sure what a diet break is, a diet break is when you intentionally pull back, you pull out of your caloric deficit. So you increase your calories. Ideally, you can try and get them close to maintenance. And for a certain period of time, which should be customized to the individual, you are going to eat at maintenance to give your metabolism and your body a break. Because not only is dieting hard on your body, it is also hard on your mindset. And At times you start to feel depleted. It's a lot of energy and effort to track your food, to make sure you're accurately hitting your macros to, you know, maybe enforce that willpower to say no to cocktails with girlfriends or pizza with your husband, you know, for the second time on, on a weekday night. And so the diet break does allow you to pull back a little bit, eat at maintenance And also give your mind a little bit of a break before you dive back into that fat loss deficit again. Yes, 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 yes. And I feel like this is something that women don't realize. I feel like when women decide that they want to lose weight, they just cut calories, exercise more, and they just do it until the weight comes off. (laughs) You know what I mean? They just like do it forever. I don't know. So I like that you're kind of like calling out there's like strategic times where you would build this in. Um, so when it comes to like a diet break, what are some of like the mistakes that you see women make with them? Or um, we like touched upon this like a little bit before we started recording, but you know, it's not necessarily like a free for all. So you kind of like speak to that and like maybe some tips for how to approach it a little bit more strategically, I guess. 
Yeah. So, you know, the thing with a diet break for it to work and, you know, work to your advantage, you do want to be strategic about it. You just don't want to, you know, pull yourself out of a deficit and, you know, bump your calories up several hundred and eat whatever you want, because that's really not the formula for success. I mean, that could equal weight gain and honestly, even more discouragement, because if you have been working hard during a fat loss phase, whatever fat loss you've lost and weight you've lost, you don't want to regain that through the diet break. And so one other thing I wanted to touch on before we go into how to, you know, not do a diet break and then how to do it correctly is when you are in a fat loss phase, there are certain hormones that start to get impacted. And so even on a hormonal level, even if my clients say, Ashley, my mindset is great. I don't feel like I need to take a break. I'm like, you know what? Your metabolism and your hormones, they do need a break though. And one of the things I don't think women realize, especially with the dieting culture uh, these days is that it's actually not healthy to stay in a deficit year round. I don't know about you, Tina, but I see women every single day. That's like, I've been dieting for three years. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, wow. Like truly. And they're like, yeah, every single day I've been, you know, eating 1200 calories for three years. I may take a break for Christmas day, but then I'm right back on track and they're not getting results. And so I think one of the signs to, if you're looking for signs, do you need a diet break? Here's how I like to assess it with clients. How long have you been in a deficit? If you have been in a deficit for several months and you have been compliant following your nutrition plan, hitting your macros, eating high quality foods, and really following the plan at 90% compliancy or higher, you definitely would benefit from a strategic diet break. So what I like to do is when a client's been in a deficit and they're checking all those boxes, I'm like, okay, we need to talk about scheduling a diet break for you to give your metabolism and mind, body, everything, a little bit of a break. So if you have been in a deficit for several months or years, and you're listening to this, you could benefit from a diet break. So that's a sign that you need one. Mentally, if you're just feeling wore down, you know, you open up your app to track your food and you're like, okay, here we go again. And you feel like it's just literally weights that you're dragging along throughout your day. Mentally, you could be very fatigued. If your life is just picking up and you have a ton going on, like school's going to be starting back up here soon for us that have little kiddos and, you know, some people are going back to work if they're off during the summer, you know, that first or second week getting back in the groove, that may be another time where mentally you just don't have the capacity to hit all your macros, to stay in the deficit, to also do your workouts, to get in your sleep, to drink your water. And so those are other times, or if you're going on a lovely vacation, maybe you're going to Europe for a couple of weeks, you know, that would be another strategic time to plan a diet break. And then obviously if you're, if, if you're experiencing a plateau, so if you've been in a deficit for a while and your body is not responding, meaning you're not losing inches, you're not losing pounds, your progress photos aren't shifting, and you just simply just don't feel any different, that's another that's another sign that you could benefit from a dieting break if you are in an aggressive fat loss deficit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that is super helpful. So if somebody, you're like speaking to them right now, all of this resonates with them. Um, what would you say are kind of like the first steps or like the key things to like focus on with the diet break or even like what it would look like, like what it would look like to you or like one of your clients just to like have somebody like wrap their idea or wrap their brain around this idea. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a great question. So the thing I want to be clear with diet breaks, and this is definitely no judgment. I mean, I've had my days where I've, you know, had my peanut butter binges and my chocolate bar binges. And so full transparency, we're all human here. But if you fall into that category, a diet break probably wouldn't be appropriate for you because you are kind of having unintentional diet breaks already. Meaning like if you fall off, track on Friday and you don't get back on track until Sunday. I've been there. I took a, I took a diet. I mean, that's a diet break too, to be honest. So if you are compliant and you're not doing that, then I would say number one, when you're looking at a diet break, the first thing you want to determine is the length. How long are you going to do this for? And so what I suggest that you do is there's really not a one, there's not one answer that's going to work for everyone. I would say, take a look at what do you have going on? You know, if you're going to be going on a wonderful vacation, that may be a great opportunity to schedule a diet break. If you're in a healthy place with your food and you're not binge eating, you know, you're not excessively drinking alcohol, that may be a great time for you to go on a diet break. Or, um, you know, maybe you have been in fat loss for three or six months and mentally you're, you know, what I said about your mindset, you're just kind of in a place to where you're feeling really wore down and, you know, maybe your body's not responding great. Maybe you're just getting a little burnt out. That's another great time to do a diet break. I would start with anywhere between, you know, five to seven days off would be a great length to start with. I wouldn't stretch it much longer unless you know that you're in a great place. But if you are on a vacation, you know, I've had many clients go on two week vacations that's taken a diet break, but they're really great with their body, understanding their hunger cues. Also, they're not really struggling with binge eating. And so they felt really good about taking it for two weeks instead of five to seven days. But what I typically say with a diet break is this is the time for you to practice everything you have been learning. So for example, if you are working with Tina and one of her lovely coaches, this would be the time for you to think about all of the communication and all of the educational resources you've received through your coaching experience that's teaching you how to eat the way you need to eat. And so sure, we're utilizing apps and these different tools to help us, but really as the student in the program, this is what I always tell my clients, the goal is to learn these things, to learn it so when, if my fitness pal crashes and burns, you can still work towards your goals and not feel like you have to be attached to some device to ensure that you're accurate with your logs. And so on a diet break, this is a great time for you to think about where's your protein. Every single meal, you should have your protein, right? Regardless of if you're on a diet break or not, because if you don't have your protein, you know, you're not going to set yourself up for success for the day. Number two, you know, still eat your veggies. They don't disappear just because you're on a diet break. You know, really make sure you are eating your veggies and trying to have your veggies at every meal. You know, there's nothing wrong with working a treat into your diet. I've never been one to believe that it's all or nothing, but you know, making sure you are starting your day out right to help stabilize your blood sugar later in the afternoon. So don't suddenly start fasting until 12 o'clock every day on your diet break. Still make sure you're eating your normal meals, having your normal snacks, but instead of tracking, you are going to be a bit more intuitive. And if the goal is getting you back up to maintenance, you can actually eat a little bit more, which is nice to be able to have a little bit more healthy carbs or have a little more fat. Um, so you can think about, okay, this is what my plate's 
normally look like when I'm in fat loss mode. But now since I am able to eat a little bit more, speak with your coach, or at least know what maintenance calories looks like if you're not working with anyone and have a good idea of how much protein, fats, and carbs you need. And then say, okay, for example, I have maybe 300 extra calories, 400 extra calories a day. I need healthy fats. I need a little more carbohydrates. Now you could add a quarter cup of quinoa, a half of an avocado, healthy foods to build up your calories, but you're going to do it more intuitively. And this is the time for you to trust yourself. You know, your body better than anyone. And so listen to your body and just lean into, I know how to eat. Think about your fat loss plates and truly just build, add in a little bit more. And that's what you're going to do. So you're going to eat your normal meals, your normal snacks. You're not going to fast or do anything crazy. You're also, I don't recommend, you know, going and suddenly having, it's not a, it's not a treat week where you just totally Mm. go off the rails and have, you know, pizza every night, wine every night, you know, you want to make sure you're beyond that phase. Um, you know, but at the same time, like sure on a vacation or, you know, if you're just on a little bit of a diet break, is it okay to work in a little something? I think so, but just making sure you realize a little something and it doesn't become a big something and two donuts become 12 or one glass of wine becomes the whole bottle. And so you just want to make sure you're not, you know, falling into that trap, but those would be some suggestions. You know, if you really are thinking this sounds great, honestly, coming out of the diet break, you should feel better. Your energy should be higher. Um, You should overall be really, you should notice a difference in just how you perform in the gym. You know, you should be able to feel a little, you should feel a little stronger, have a little bit more energy mindset wise. You should feel good. You should feel just ready to attack your goals again, almost like you're running that marathon. And you, you kind of, instead of running a couple, um, you know, miles, you decided to walk, but now the timer went off again and it's time to run. And so you're ready to run again, but you don't feel so tired. You know, and if you think about when you first stopped midway through the marathon, you're wiped out, your legs were burning, you could barely breathe, but you walk for a mile or two. You're like, okay, I got some water. I feel recharged. Maybe you had your carb or your sugar or whatever else you need to get, to get going again. And you're like, okay, I can do this. Same thing with the diet break is that you want to come back into the deficit ready to go. And then generally, if you're in a sustainable and healthy caloric deficit, you can just resume your caloric deficit again and get right back on track where you stopped. Mm -hmm. This is great advice. I'm so glad you said so many great things. I just want to applaud you for and comment for, but yeah, like this is just a great example of, you know, a lot of times a sustainable fat loss or just responsible fat loss. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And like the diet break is a great way to do that. And I love that you added that piece. This is something I hadn't even thought of, but like, it's a great time for you to practice, you know, what you have learned, some of those habits, like taking the training wheels off for a period of time and just seeing like how you eat intuitively and like, you know, taking yourself away from the macros and the tracking and like just giving your mind, body, and soul a break. But I just, I love that you said that because I hadn't really thought about that. I was thinking of it more from like a mental, emotional state, you know, just to give yourself a break. And then of course, you know, giving your break as far as like hormones and metabolism goes, but I didn't even think about like the lifestyle habit part of that. So I'm so Mm -hmm. glad that you identified that because I think that makes a lot of sense because I always joke with our clients about this, that like, 
I don't want you to track macros or track your food forever. Like, I don't want you being like a grandma in like a nursing home, still tracking your macros every single day. And then also to your point, you know, if my fitness pal crashes and burns and you can never access that app again, like, what are you going to do? So I do think it builds in some of that, like self-trust and like getting to know your body and like slowing down a little bit. So I just, I love that as like a benefit of the diet break. And then on that same vein there, as far as like diet breaks, do you also recommend kind of like deload weeks or like changing your fitness every now and then too, just to give your body and brain a break? I do definitely. Um, you know, when it comes to the strength training component, I highly recommend that. So back in college, I was a strength and conditioning coach and I worked with athletes. And, you know, the one thing that really served me is I know a lot of the women I'm working with now, their sport is life, meaning, you know, they're not in college athlete. They're not a college athlete anymore. I'm not a college athlete anymore, but you know, their sport is, I just want to stay healthy and mobile and have functional strength for life. But interestingly, a, a lot of the same training principles applies to even you and I, even though we're not athletes. So deloading weeks is critical. And when you go back to the textbooks, when it comes to exercise physiology, it's actually written out that it is critical for you to have weeks where you do deload. So deloading is when you strategically, everything here we're talking about is strategically done. You strategically cut back on the amount of weight and volume that you're performing for the week. And for some, it could also look like a total week off from weight training. And maybe you walk, you do yoga, no cardio, no hit, no boot camp classes, no orange theory. I mean, don't switch that. I've had clients say, okay, you told me to not lift weight. So I'm going to go do orange theory five days down. I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I mean. So truly deloading is when you give your muscles and your nervous system a break, because just like with dieting, although weight training is wonderful, it's a fabulous stressor on our body. We need to give our, give ourselves periods of rest and extra recovery. So, you know, for example, let's just say you're going on a vacation. Maybe you're going to be going soon and you know, you want to go on a diet break. It could also be a wonderful time to deload. And have, you know, that period or week or two where you just walk, you don't worry about working out, or if you do work out normal, let's say normally you lift weights three or four times a week, you could do body weight workouts for half of the time. So maybe your workouts are 45 minutes. So when you're on your vacation, you walk as much as you can, which most people are walking a lot on their vacations. And maybe you work in one or two body weight workouts. That's 20 minutes long for that week. And that's it. Or maybe you just walk, or maybe you try a yoga class, but the goal is to not stress your body, your muscular system, your cardiovascular system. Deloading is also known as just rest week in the weight training world. So I think just really listening to your body. The thing I'll say with something I want to comment on that you mentioned before that I love diet breaks for and even deloading it's a lot of times when you have spent your whole life dieting, diet breaks, deloading, these things just don't even, it's like a foreign language. It's like, what are you talking about? You know, but the thing is, is when a woman starts a program similar to ours, they're ready for more than that. They're past the crash dieting days. They're over the, 
you know, um, eight week shreds and, you know, whatever intense, like let's cut all your carbs and work out twice a day and all of that. And they're ready for more. So I always like to say that the diet breaks and the deloading weeks, it really gives you an opportunity to truly implement all that you're investing in when you are investing in a sustainable program like ours, you know, it's not a diet. You, so we're teaching you the actual skills and lifestyle habits you need to maintain long-term. So, you know, like you said, when you get into your sixties, you don't want to be grinding your body into the ground every day either. So having some periods where you are having scheduled rest is actually going to push you forward. A, a, a strategic diet break will actually push you forward. We look at these things as like, it's going to hold me back. I can't miss a week of work or what a diet break. I'm not going to reach my goals now. No, actually that's probably what you need to actually reach your goals long-term. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm glad you brought this up. Cause I, I had a question while you were chatting there kind of related to this, like that mindset piece of this, because, you know, diet breaks, deload weeks, rest, you know, like this idea, like less is more, um, yeah. and like listening to your body and like slowing down. I feel like that make some women really anxious because I think just diet culture, decades of our lives being programmed to think, you know, more exercise is better. Fewer calories is better. Like this is like the way you are going to lose weight. I mean, what would you say, I guess, are some of those like big misconceptions that you see with clients or you see like on Instagram, as far as like fat loss goes, because I do think a lot of this is like really like programmed into our brains as far as like eat less, exercise more, but like, what, what have you seen out there? And like, what would you say to the woman who's like really stuck in this mindset? And it's really has been hard for her to do a little bit less to, you know, get the results that she wants, or maybe she just doesn't believe that story. Yeah, no, I want to start with this. And I honestly think if you're listening into this and you really start thinking about your goals this way, moving forward, it's going to be a total game changer for you. So day one of your journey, I'm talking about a sustainable fat loss body, sustainable fat loss program, you know, body composition program, hormonally, you're wanting to get in a better place, approach your goals. Like you are literally starting a marathon. So day one of your program is day one of your marathon. You have a lot of miles you got to get in. So does it make sense to sprint right out of the gate? Does it make sense to go a hundred miles per hour, get ahead of everyone and push, 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 push. It does not. But unfortunately, the dieting culture, six week program to this, eight week program to this, or you know, 30 days of just working really hard or this 21 day fix or whatever it may be. It's like, okay, and I've been there too. I'm gonna double down. I'm gonna starve myself. I'm gonna cut out my carbs. I'm gonna cut out all everything that I like. I'm gonna work out. No matter if I like these things or not, I'm gonna do it because I need to lose the weight. The sad thing, and I see this every day in my community, is it never last. The results never last. It's always a crash and burn. They regain weight, they're burnt out, nothing worked long-term. As soon as they stop that intensity, they can't 
keep it up. So it's almost like your marathon. If you sprint the first couple of miles, when you get about to mile 10 or 15, you may be on the side of the road laid out. I mean, or literally creeping along and crying. And I see that with women. So my number one advice to you is do not buy into this big misconception that more is better and you need to be a hundred miles per hour to see results because that's far from the truth. You need to start. That's number one. You need to make slow and sustainable changes and you need to vision your transformation like a marathon that you're slowly chipping away and you're building and you're reserving a little bit of energy and you're ensuring that things are good before you pick the pace up. So that's a huge misconception that I just wanted to throw out there. It's just misinformation. You don't need to buy into that. The second one would be you, you always need to eat less. And so, you know, there again is this big misconception out there that if you want to lose weight, you should just be hungry all the time and you need to eat less. So you'll go to my fitness pal, use their system, put your height and weight in, say that you want to lose, I don't know, a half a pound and maybe three pounds a week and bam, right there's your deficit. Well, guess what? I did that and it puts me below my BMR. So there we go. And so I'm eating below my BMR now. And that's what we think is the approach to sustainably losing weight. That approach is outdated and something that people like you and I don't even do with clients at all anymore. So it's not always about eating less. It actually is about eating better, making sure that you're eating enough of the right foods, making sure that, you know, you really enjoy the foods that you're still eating now, I'm not going to sit here and say that you can eat in a surplus and drop tons of weight. So you do want to be strategic about it. And this is where having a professional guide you and say, okay, here is where you need to be calorically. This is based off of my opinion, training, education. That approach is much more sustainable, but just don't buy into the I need to eat less. I don't know about you, Tina, but I would probably say probably eight out of 10 new clients aren't eating enough. I rarely see a woman that's eating at maintenance or above rarely. I mean, I even will go to them and say, Hey, are you sure you're eating this much? Because it's just so, it's so rare. And so I would say, you know, the whole eat less is the secret to weight loss. It's just not true. Uh, yeah. I mean, we see that all the time too, just a lot a lot of undernourishing your body. And as we know, you know, a lot of that, like underfueling your body can lead to more dysfunction in the body. And I think that's why if you've had a history of like yo-yo dieting, crash dieting, you know, on and off track, that whole bit, you get to your late thirties and forties and like your hormones are a mess. Your metabolism's a mess. Your thyroid's a mess. Like you have gut issues. It's just like all of that stress on your body eventually gets you to this place. And you're just like, oh crap. Like what is happening? And I think a lot of women, at least, you know, when they come to us, maybe when they come to you, as far as like coaching goes, there's this level of just overwhelm. You know what I mean? Like there's so many things that they could be doing, or they see it on Instagram. Like I should be drinking green powder and fasting and, oh my God, I can't drink coffee on an empty stomach. You know what I mean? There's just like this level of anxiety and fear. So for a woman who is maybe listening to this podcast, considering working with a coach or, you know, they're just they're feeling overwhelmed and a little bit lost. What would you say some of the, like the dial movers are like the foundational things? Like if they could only focus on like one, two or three things to really like jump, jumpstart their health journey and their fat loss journey. Like, what do you think those like 
big foundational things would be? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So number a big one, question too. yeah, but it's a great question. I think that's wonderful because you're right. So many women are so overwhelmed. They don't know what to do. I mean, there are quote experts everywhere these days. You don't know the difference between someone that's actually truly educated and trained compared to someone that's really not, you know, and, but then you don't know who to believe. So maybe you're taking it all in and you're doing everything from this challenge to this magazine, to this coach. And it's like, ah, you, you can't function. And so number one, I think let's just start with the basics. And I know the basics aren't sexy. It's not trendy. It's not, it's not. I mean, you know, and a lot of times it's kind of boring because you're thinking, well, should I really be doing these basic things when, you know, maybe I should be doing this workout or this workout or doing this diet or taking this diet pill, but really the basics work. And so, you know, when you look at people that truly can maintain their weight long-term, that are healthy and fit long-term, not just for the length of uh, length of a crash diet, the basics is what they're doing. The basics is what really works. So number one, you got to start strength training. If you're not strength training, you have a place in the gym too. And if you want to work out at home, that's fine. You have a place in your home gym. As women, I think sometimes we get intimidated by gyms, by seeing the people that quote, the fit people in there working out. You have a place in there too, and you need to be lifting weights. If you want to lift weights at home, that's also great. But getting in, I recommend at least three strength training sessions per week. I'm not talking about the strength portion you do in Orange Theory or the portion that you do in a boot camp class. I'm talking about functional strength training, compound movements. Your program is actually designed for your body. There is a science behind it, a method behind it that's really going to help you build strength and you can measure your progress over a period of time. You got to start doing that. Second to that, I would say making sure you're eating your protein. Protein's huge. There's a lot of things we could tackle with nutrition, but since I'm just going to keep it to three, I would say protein being the top. Women are just simply not eating enough protein. And I don't know about you, Tina, but you know, the food pyramid and what they suggest for grams of protein, I don't follow that with clients. You know, I have some clients coming to me eating 40 or 50 grams of protein max per day some consuming 30 grams of protein for the whole day. And so number one is just making sure that you are eating your protein. And, you know, for starters, I say, you know, making sure every single meal you're having at least 20 grams of protein, making sure you're even consuming snacks that, that contain protein. If you're a vegan or vegetarian, there's tons of great vegan based protein powders and foods that you can lean into. I will say this is where it is super beneficial to have a coach or someone to help you because it is kind of hard to just DIY some of these things and figure it out. And then the last thing I've actually been sitting here in my mind thinking, should I even say this one? Because it's so unsexy. I'm not even sure if people are going to like it, but I'm going to go there because it's critical. So we know the strength training and the protein. The last one I'm going to say is your sleep. And man, like, <laughs> wah, wah, right? No, no, maybe you get it, but sleep is critical. I mean, I cannot tell you how critical it is for your body composition, for your hormones, for your ability to build muscle mass, for blood sugar regulation, uh, for your mindset. I mean, come on, when we're all sleeping four, five, six hours a night, it's just hard to cope with life. Mm -hmm. It's hard to do the workouts. It's hard to get the walks in. It's hard to think clearly. It's hard to food prep. 
you know, your cravings are going to be through the roof. Your energy is not going to be great. And so that lack of sleep is truly going to have a domino effect on everything else, not just fat loss, but just overall health too. So, you know, look at your sleep. And right now our culture is so dialed into our phones and everything's a state of emergency. Emails, a state of emergency, texting, all of these things. We just have a hard time to turn off. So set some boundaries with your phone. Maybe set the do not disturb or sleep time to where your phone shuts down and you have to like reopen it to see what's going on. You know, spend some time unwinding, you know, make sure you are trying to get seven to eight hours, but listen to your body. You should, you'll know what feels good for you. Um, and really start prioritizing your sleep, just like you prioritize your workouts. And, you know, if you, if you have to stay up late one night, you may benefit a little more from sleeping in and moving that workout to the next day or something. So sleep would be my third suggestion, you know, making sure you're strength training at least three times a week, eating your protein, every single meal and snack, and then prioritizing your sleep. I promise you, if you do that consistently, you're going to start feeling like a new woman. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you identified sleep because yeah, it's not sexy. Everyone's like, I know I need to sleep. I know, I know. And I think, I mean, I was there too. I overlooked that. Like when I wanted to lose weight and get healthy, I was like, tell me what to eat. Tell me how much to exercise. What supplement should I take? I just wanted like the answers, but I didn't realize things like stress management and sleep made such a difference. And when I finally decided to change my life and change who I was and making that sleep a priority. And I always, in my head, I always say, go the F to sleep. Like I still (laughs) remind myself. I'm like, it's like the, just do it attitude. Like, I know you have a million things to do. I know you want to stay up and like scroll on Instagram or watch Netflix, but like go the F to sleep. And I can honestly say my health, my attitude, my mood, my blood sugar, literally everything changed for me when I started to sleep seven, eight, nine hours a night. Like it made such a difference. So I'm so glad that you said that. And I know it's boring and not sexy, but it's like such a game changer. So one more question for you. I know we're a little short on time here and I want to make sure I'm not (laughs) taking advantage, but I feel like this is another thing that we see with the, the women who come to us. So we work with women who are, you know, 35 plus they're heading into perimetopause, menopause at age. And I feel like a lot of these women, they're really healthy. You know what I mean? I do feel like they have some of these foundations in place, but they just feel like they're not seeing changes or they're just plateauing. The fat loss is stalling. They're just not seeing the changes. What would you say or recommend to this woman who's like, I'm doing all the right things. Like, why am I not seeing changes? Like what, what could be some of the challenges or things like getting in her way, or maybe the things like she hasn't thought of? Yeah. So it could be a couple of things. I mean, assuming that, you know, so there's a lot of confusion sometimes, even with a woman that's 35 plus and eating pretty healthy and working out, you know, let's say three to five or even six days a week, drinking their water, getting in their steps. You know, the first thing I go to look for or look to is the health of their metabolism. So I pull back because, you know, if someone that is eating 
in a deficit, pretty healthy foods. I can't find anything wrong there. They're working out. They're doing all the things. I immediately like to say, why isn't their metabolism responding? What's going on here? And so I start there. And so if you're listening to this, I think, you know, having someone that knows a lot about metabolic health is very critical for you, especially if you're 35 plus that can really just guide you. Take a look at where your calories are. How long have you been in a deficit? Do you need to have a diet break? Kind of going back to what we were we're talking about, have you been dieting too long? Are there some signs of metabolic adaptation where maybe your metabolism has downregulated a bit? The beauty with metabolism, it can upregulate just like it downregulates. But if you are in a deficit for a really long time and you're doing everything right, your metabolism can start to downregulate, which is another reason why a diet break is really beneficial. Um, so I would start there. So let's just say you have a healthy metabolism. There's no signs of metabolic adaptation. You're kind of just stuck. So what do you need to do? Well, I like to look at a couple of things. So number one is, although you eat healthy, please double check your licks, your bites, and your taste. Are you licking the peanut butter spoon? Are you having the crumbs? Did you have a glass of wine with your girlfriend at dinner that you forgot to track? Are you pouring more creamer than you realized in your coffee? Oh, did you forget to track that oil or the butter you put on your vegetables or whatever it may be? That has stalled so many clients that I've worked with over the years, because when they start to add in all of those bites, licks, and taste, it could be an additional 300 plus calories per day, and it's pulling you out of that deficit. So although you are eating healthy, you don't think that this little bit here, a little bit there is going to add up. It really does, especially if you are doing all of the other things right, and, you, and you're seasoned, you've been doing this for a while. And then next, I would say I like to look at calories. So overall, how much of a deficit are you in? Or is there more room to take you down anymore? Or do you potentially just need to have your protein, fats, and carbs tweaked as in percentages? That has helped a ton. I mean, I've seen very healthy women. So their metabolism is healthy. Their hormones are healthy. Their cycles are, are normal just plateau a bit, simply keeping their calories the same and tweaking their macros has helped them break through that plateau. Maybe they're going through a busier season of life. Maybe they need a little more fat, a little more carbs, a little more protein. So that's helped a lot as well. And then the last thing, because I don't want to overwhelm you, is if you are you know, tracking your steps, or you have a good idea of how much you walk per day, take a look at your walking and how many steps you're getting in. Back when COVID happened in 2020, I actually had a client that was doing beautifully with fat loss and suddenly started gaining weight. Nothing made sense. She was eating correctly. She was doing her workouts like normal. And honestly, it was already working great for her. So we weren't waiting for it to work. Suddenly it just started to regress. So then we suddenly just both kind of had the discussion that her job moved online. And so she used to walk around and get around 10,000, 11,000 steps per day. And it's went down to 4,000 and it stayed there for several months before we realized. And it also stayed low for a while before she started to gain weight. But I think that reduced that her just reducing her movement that much for that long started to take a little bit of a toll and the weight started to slowly creep up. So, you know, take a look at your steps. A lot of times we'll think, oh, that one workout is good enough. 
That's all the movement I need for the day. But, you know, I've really seen just making sure, you know, you're trying to move as much as you can walk around your office, walk around, you know, um, walk around your building. If you can, if you're working at home, try to get an even a 15 or 20 minute walk. Can you walk to get your kids from the bus stop? Can you? you know, go on an intentional walk with a friend. Those are all great ways to get in some movement, but that too has really stalled someone's results. So double check in that movement. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you identified that too, because that daily movement adds up. And the example I always give our clients is that, you know, you do an hour workout out of the day, that's one hour out of 24. But if you're on your feet all day, that could be seven, eight, nine hours of movement. And I think that just really adds up, but we don't we don't count it or we don't like realize it. And I'm going to squeeze in one quick question, but you know, why is exercise like just a bunch of cardio or whatnot, like not the best for weight loss or at least for sustainable weight loss for most, most women. Yeah, because it's very catabolic. And that's something that, you know, when you go back to the exercise physiology, it just really makes sense. I mean, it's not made up or a dieting myth. I mean, it's the truth. It's very catabolic on your body. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with walking. I mean, we're made to move. We're not made to be sedentary and sit in a chair all day long. And we are suffering from that on many levels with our bodies and lack of mobility from doing that with where we are today. We are made to move, but not in the way that we are. So a lot of us think we're made to move. So I need to go do more cardio. No, you know, you need to be strength training. And if you want to do any other type of movement, prioritize walking. We are made to move at a slow pace for a long period of time, meaning we can get out there and walk five miles. And, you know, we shouldn't, if we're in pretty good health, not feel, you know, like we can barely move the next day. We are made to move in that, in that respect, but cardio is very catabolic in nature. So for example, if you're over the age of 30 and you're naturally starting to lose muscle mass, you're also crash diet dieting, which is also going to contribute to you losing muscle mass, doing more cardio is catabolic. So meaning it's going to break down muscle tissue as well. So that's going to contribute to you losing more muscle mass. So when you add all of that up, and then you put your hormones starting to transition into perimenopause and menopause, that's something else. Let's just throw that in the soup pot. You mix all of that up, right? And then what you have is a body that has less muscle mass. And that means your metabolic rate is going to be lower when your metabolic rate is lower, you burn fewer calories at rest. And simply your body just isn't efficiently breaking down your nutrients as well. You're going to be more prone to gaining body fat. You're going to be very unhappy because although, you know, you're doing everything right, you're not going to feel better in your clothes and pants. Even if the scale's going down some from losing muscle mass, you're still maintaining that body fat and that's taken up space. So you don't feel so great in your clothes. And so cardio, if you're going to do it, you really have to do it correctly. And I definitely think if you're training for marathons or 10Ks, make sure you're working with a coach that can really help you dial in your nutrition to sustain muscle mass and also make sure that you are prioritizing strength strength training as well so you're not losing any of the muscle mass that you have on your frame. I tell my athletes, endurance athletes, hey, when you're training for the event, if you can just maintain where you are and not lose any muscle mass, that's a big win. Yep. Yep. And I'm, I'm glad you explained it that way too, because I do think, again, just going back to this like diet culture, it's like more exercise, more miles. You know what I mean? Like I was there once, you know, just like more, 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 as far as the exercise goes. But I think as we age, the priority really needs to shift to just building and maintaining that lean muscle because, 
yeah, if you don't have muscle as you age, it just makes aging so much harder. I mean, I just think about <laughs> the elderly folks that I know and I just, I just, yeah, there's just so many like health issues and things that go along with it. So I think if you want to maintain your health and your weight long-term, like that muscle building is just so, so important. So I'm glad yeah. you touched upon that, but anyways, just wanted to wrap up here, you know, before we end, um, would love for you to just share, um, where people can find you, um, you know, if they want to work with you, um, follow you on Instagram, your podcast, all those important details. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show. I've loved our conversation today. It's been a lot of fun. Um, so you can find me a couple of places. I have my own podcast, Cheers to Your Success. I talk all things about metabolism, hormones, sustainable weight loss, exercise mindset, and even a good dose of just mom life and what I'm up to. Um, in addition to that, I'm on Instagram and you can find me at Ashley underscore Fillmore one. And for those of you that would be interested in learning more about my services, I do offer different coaching programs, one-on-one -on -one coaching, um, you know, other programs as well that focuses on strength training. And you can find me at my website, metabolicfix.com. And so, yeah, that's where I'm always hanging out. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. I also love this conversation and yeah, thanks again for being here. Thank you so much.